Greetings, Vibrant Potential Seeker. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Frickman, and this is Vibrant Potential. Today, I have the pleasure of bringing you a very interesting conversation about poop. If you're like most people, you go through most of your day oblivious to your digestion, and rightly so to some degree. We'd like to be able to take for granted that our bodies are doing what they should be. But what happens when we aren't feeding our bodies the right foods? What if we don't have an ideal movement practice? What if we're living under constant stress? In today's episode of Vibrant Potential, my guest Natalie Davis and I discuss how to know if you have digestive issues, what does the media mean when they say our gut is our second brain, and what the perfect poop looks like. After all, we all know that you are what you eat, but more accurately, you are what you absorb and you are what you don't poop out. Natalie Davis is a professional colon hydrotherapist, and in the next 45 minutes, she's going to share with you what she sees in her practice and if colon hydrotherapy might be a good fit for you. For Natalie's contact information and other great resources, you can check out the show notes at drchrisfrickman.com slash colonics. Also, if this conversation leaves you with any questions about your digestion or anything else health-related, feel free to go to www.vibrantpotential.com and send me a quick request for a free consultation. I can only do so many of these a month, so fill out the form, and I promise to get back to you as soon as I can to let you know if I can fit you in for a free health coaching call. That could include some thoughts about whether you might want to check out colon hydrotherapy for yourself. I look forward to connecting with you soon. Until then, enjoy the show. Welcome to Vibrant Potential. We provide you with everything you need to know to overcome stress, fatigue, and chronic health challenges as well as optimizing your performance in fitness, relationship, and business. We use integrative health solutions and functional medicine strategies, including brain-based approaches, inspired fitness tips, emotional intelligence coaching, and spiritual growth techniques, so you can live the life you want, connect deeply with others, and fulfill your vibrant potential. Your host is functional medicine expert, genetic biohacker, and triathlon coach, Dr. Chris Frickman. Natalie, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Chris. You bet. So uh, we're going to talk about colonics. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, something that people are always uh, a little bit skittish about or normally are, and that's poop. We're going to talk <laughs> about poop as well. We're going to talk about that because that's one of the foundational pieces of health that that we all have to have as as humans, as mammals. We we have to uh, we have to clear out that which we are not using. So thank you so much for coming on and being an expert here and in, in one of the great ways to, to kind of aid in that, and that's colonics. So can you uh, go ahead and start off, Natalie, and, and just give a little bit of background because because you've told me what your story is, but just, you know, it's great for the listeners to be able to understand where you're coming from. So can you talk about, we're going to get into like... It, more specific about what a colonic is and what it looks like and stuff like that and why you'd use it. But 
uh, can you start off by saying uh, just a little bit about um, how you got into colonics and like why you started doing that uh, personally, but then why you started making a business out of it as well? Yeah. Um, so very different background. I was in corporate retail before I started my practice. Um, but with that, I was my last job was in sales. So I was selling children's toys to a major company. And I traveled a ton and I wasn't really taking care of myself with my diet and exercise and just getting enough water, enough sleep, things like that. And so I started getting really sick with a ton of different symptoms. Um, I'll go over the, the major ones that people can relate to fatigue, kind of some mood swings, anxiety, things like that. So I started going to the doctor to try to get help and I'd spend not even five to 10 minutes with them and leave every time with an antibiotic. But because of my busy lifestyle, I'd have to take it and then I, it wouldn't, I wouldn't get better. And so in about eight months, I visited five different doctors with the same experience. And finally, I was like, I need to take this into my own hands after a doctor kind of looked me in the eye and said, I don't know what to tell you. So I was like, there has to be another way. So I started researching supplements, researching things. And I found out. Do you know, this- like, so just, just out of curiosity. So, yeah. so th- these doctors, they're all medical doctors. Is that correct? correct? Okay. Yeah. And, um, I'm assuming, I'm just guessing just based off of statistics that they're not, they weren't in private practice. Like they were probably medical doctors that were, you know, part of, uh, you know, some kind of like HMO or, you know, whatever, like some large correct hospital system, whatever. Um, so the classic medical doctor experience that like most people in this country sort of grow up with and that's just kind of figure is normal, right? At least the last doc said, I don't know what to tell you. Instead of like, here, take this antibiotic. He said, <laughs> he said, <laughs> I'm not sure what to tell you, right? Like, so at least that's like, it seems like a, li- a step in the right direction to not feign knowledge about something that he didn't have. Would you agree with that? I would. I would. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And what were you looking for? What was the answer that like, I don't know what to tell you? Like, what were you looking for? What was I looking for from their perspective? No, they, from your perspective, were you were you like just make me feel better? Like, what were you what were you asking for? What oh. was the deliverable health goal that you were asking for? That I don't know what to tell you was good the question. Um, I would say, and it brings me to my next part of the story. Just more questions. I barely was questioned, so just answers in general. Um, I wasn't looking for a quick fix. I would have done anything at that point because again, I was having these horrible symptoms for eight months and that's a long time. Um, and tell me again, like what were the symptoms? So it was fatigue. uh, This is chronic yeast infections, mood swings, anxiety. Like I was like, this is not normal the way I'm feeling. Like I, I usually can handle my stress better than this. So it was just, it was very bizarre. Yeah. How was the, how was the fatigue showing up in your life? I was just always tired and not like brain fog. I couldn't really Mm. like, there wasn't that focus that I normally had before I was going through all this. And at this point you're still like, 
you know, kind of pounding the pavement, like selling the, uh, your, your wares, so to speak, um, for your job, like, right. Or, or had you had to like move on from that already? Yes, I was doing that. So that's another reason why I, you know, I'd have some time at home, visit a doctor, get an antibiotic, jump on a plane. So just a lot of, it was a mixed bag of things that I wasn't doing to take mm. care of myself. Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, okay. Thanks for making it clear. I um, I know I interrupted you a couple times. No, there, but, no worries. Um, just trying to dig into the story there. So that, that sounds like you were not in a good place at all. So No. And so then I, I was exploring alternative options. I went to acupuncture to kind of get my digestion. Oh, no, not those guys. Acupuncture? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Acupuncture is great. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, it, it was great. It wasn't what I was actually looking for at the time, but they spent the most time chatting with me about what was going on. And then finally, through word of mouth, someone told me about colonics and I went in no trepidation. I was like, I'll do anything, you know, and I started doing the practice, cleaned up my diet. And within a few weeks, my symptoms were going away after eight months of just hell and doing the practice. You mean, uh, just getting a colonic regularly? Yep. Getting colonics regularly. And again, it's in combination with cleaning up your diet. And I was just like, this is, this is amazing. Filtered water, a clean diet, and I'm healing myself. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's how I got into it. And then it just seemed right. I was talking to a therapist one day and she was telling me about her training and what she was doing. I was like, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to leave my career. I'm going to do this. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Because again, too, I think like we talked about, there's such a stigma behind this that I was like, I'm just, I'm the person that can make people comfortable with it. And so I wanted to take it upon myself and just run with it. So it's been great. You know, I see miracles every day. And and that is awesome. I applaud you for, uh, you know, I mean, you know, my thing is vibrant potential. And, you know, you felt passionate about this thing. You saw a way that uh, a space in the world, so to speak, where there are not that many colonic shops, right? So it's like you and you wanted to like contribute in this way that you felt was very powerful that not a lot of people know about. And, and so more power to you on that. Uh, so, but here's this question because a lot of people, you know, the people that are listening, most of us have seen, you know, an acupuncturist or a chiropractor or, uh, you know, some kind of alternative thing. Um, certainly we've been, you know, thinking about diet and exercise and some of these different lifestyle modifications and stuff, but a lot of the listeners, I'm going to just wager a guess that a lot of them have not probably even heard of a colonic. And so, we're going to talk about exactly what that is. Um, I don't mean I don't mean to keep that shrouded in mystery here for <laughs> the next couple of minutes, but we're going to talk about what that is. But um, why why did you not just start with like you said that you did clonics in conjunction with cleaning up your diet? So I'm just going to play devil's advocate for a second. And first of all, just so people know. Um, I'm an advocate of colonics. I think colonics are are a really good tool. Uh, coffee enemas can be a really good tool. Uh, so I'm 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 not a naysayer by any means. That's why I have you on the show, Natalie. I'm, I want to get this information out to people. But just to play devil's advocate, why did you not just clean up your diet? Why didn't you just start with cleaning your diet up before you started putting things in your butt? <laughs> <laughs> good question. Um, you know. 
I was slightly cleaning up my diet as much as I could with, you know, the travel and things like that. But there's also a mental discipline that has to go with it. And when I started this journey, I, I was in the right mindset. I was ready to be disciplined and really just take my health into my own hands. Like all the way. Like I'm, yeah. all, I'm all in baby. Like I'm going to do every, every, uh, health modification I can think of. I'm going to do that. Yeah. But there again, and I can't undermine this. Like I just, I had to be in that space and be ready to do it. Mm. So again, yeah, it was a mental mindset. I prepared the time. I had the time to prep my meals when I was traveling. I couldn't do that. Um, We're going to talk about what the benefit is here in a few minutes. But first, can you just describe what it actually is? Yeah. Like what, what is, what are, what, what is someone going to be doing if they go in for a colonic? Okay. Well, first I'll, I'll just walk through what colon hydrotherapy is. And it, it's also known as colonics. You, people have probably also heard colonic irrigation. It's a gentle method of internally cleansing your colon of poisons, gas, and accumulated waste matter without the use of drugs or chemicals. Um, so Define that's poison. Um, poison. So environmental toxins. Um, if you have taken antibiotics through your, your, throughout your life, um, birth control can have some, you know, any of these drugs we've been taking have side effects that can be embedded into the colon walls. Mm, okay. So, mm-hmm. um, and then the next part, you're, you want to know the process of actually coming in and doing a colonic? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, please. Um, so my clients will come in and usually I have them, you know, fill out their intake forms. And then the process is they, they go into the bathroom. I'm just going to walk you through everything. Um, undress from the waist down, put on a gown, and then they get comfortable on the bed by the colonic machine. And okay, so they're in this room that's attached to the bathroom, um, and they're in there in, in privacy. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. and then I come in because I use the closed system, so I can walk you through the open and the closed in a few. Um, and I facilitate it. And the part that people freak so, out the most about and, and like i'm just going to describe this too because i mean full disclosure i've had probably a couple dozen colonics in my life so it's you're not describing this to me we're walking through this for listeners here but just for people that are like interested or committed or concerned about modesty it'll it's sort of like a massage where where you'll i mean except for they'll keep typically their shirt on or whatever but then like they'll there's usually a um like a blanket or some, some kind of draping that they'll put over their lower body. Yep. And that's, I usually, they can either take a sheet or a gown and yeah, they are completely covered. Um, yep. And then there's a disposable speculum that's used every time. Um, and we insert the speculum that takes about two to two seconds. And that's the part that again, people are the most, nervous about. And I have to share this story. I had a friend that I was just showing her my space and I didn't realize this, but she was psyching herself out all day watching videos on colonics. We weren't even planning on doing a colonic. 
And then she walks into the space and I, you know, it's a comfortable space, dim lighting. It's not like there's a bright light flashing down on you while you're doing this colonic. It's just, it's very comfortable. And she's like, okay, I'm going to do it. And so (laughs) (laughs) so we go through it and she's like that that's what I was scared about that. That's all it is. And she, after the experience, she's like, that was so amazing. I'm so proud of you for doing this. Like she was just, she couldn't believe like how great it was. And to your point, it is, it's, it's your self care. It's like a massage. We do lower abdominal massage to break up any, um, fecal matter and help move it along. Um, Mm -hmm. very, very comfortable. Where does the poop go? Where does the poop go? It goes out the sewer system. And so the closed system, the reason why it's called the closed system is because the fecal matter and the water is all enclosed in tubing. So there's absolutely no odor. Um, and it goes, it slides right out into the sewer system. So, but I think the great thing about the closed system is that you can, if you want to actually watch whatever comes out of your body, go through the tube. Mm-hmm. So, Um, it really shows, you know, if you have heavy mucus in your, if you're eating a lot of dairy, if you're really constipated and you have really hard pieces coming through, um, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. So again, like I said, I witness miracles every day when people have the courage to look at their own shit, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a very, I think a very, sort of eye-opening experience to go and do that because it's you can know you can learn a lot about your own health like what the what your food is doing and I think what's great about a good colon hydrotherapist is that they will educate as as the process is going um, because you'll have I don't know what would you say is on average uh, maybe six would you is it six fills in a session in like an hour-long session is that about an average it, yeah, and it it does vary for every every client. So okay, but mm-hmm. but what I'm referring to is just to make sure I'm re- being really clear about this for people is is that the speculum is inserted into the recu- uh, into the rectum and then it stays there for you know the the whole session, which is roughly an roughly an hour session. Forty five minutes. Yep. Forty five minutes. It's probably an hour, including changing and all that stuff. So, but you're laying on the table. So there's the speculum in your anus, and water goes in, and so it's filling your colon essentially. I want you to describe in a minute, like you know, peristalsis and and the feeling that that you get with that and stuff, and and how long it stays. But but you put uh, water goes into your colon, and then after a little while then the colon hydrotherapist will sort of walk the patient through releasing it. And you'll go through that process a few times during a session. So, so can you talk about what it feels like to like have this peristalsis engage and that whole thing? Yeah. So the 45 minute session to your point is a series of fills and releases. Um, and it's very gentle. So the water enters the colon to no more than two pounds per square inch. And just to give you something to compare it to, enemas actually enter four to six pounds per square inch. So this is a way gentler practice. Um, not that I, I totally agree with enemas too, but just to give you some point of comparison. Um, and then again, another reason colonics are good is because it helps to tone and exercise your colon muscles to you. So to your point with peristalsis, 
Some people don't have natural peristalsis. You know, we constantly fill food. And so gravity is working against us to a certain extent where we're just pushing out um, the fecal matter. Because I do hear a lot of people say, like, I go to the bathroom every day. I'm healthy. I don't need a colonic. But again, that goes back to the point of just gravity working against us. So when a person practices colonics, that helps, again, to tone and exercise the muscles to get our peristalsis back to where it needs to be. So peristalsis is just the contracting and releasing of our colon muscles to move food along so we can excrete it. No, no, it's okay. Um, Can you describe what it feels like as you're laying there on the table? Um, So you for the most part, won't even feel, feel the water filling. And we kind of talk about that. It's a lot about communication. If you do, you know, feel a lot of pressure, not feel a lot of pressure. And then when a client is ready to release, they'll either say ready to release or the machine will tell me. And then through that, we do, the client will do breathing exercises and I'll do abdominal massage to kind of move that along. They might feel a little bit of cramping as we hit any impactions, whether it be gas or solid impactions. Um, and then there's no pushing involved. So they just breathe. <laughs> yeah. It's not like giving yeah. birth or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, push. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's none of that. It's just, it should be a very, um, relaxing for the most part, depending on diet and lifestyle. So if I have someone that's coming in as a client on the standard American diet, their session might be a little, uncomfortable compared to someone who's eating a clean, cleaner diet. Got it. Got it. Hey, little tangent question here. Uh, you, you, you mentioned that you've had some people say, well, I go to the bathroom every day, so I don't need one or whatever. Um, that brings up a good point. Actually, I've had clients tell me all kinds of different frequencies in terms of how many bowel movements that they have. Uh, why don't you, uh, tell the listeners what a good number of, uh, What's the range of healthy bowel movements per day or per week or whatever? Yeah. So ideally, you should have a transit time that's between like 12 and 24 hours of when you have that initial meal. Sorry, what was your question? I just lost Well, essentially, like, I mean, I, I have, I've seen patients that literally do not, they have like, oh yeah, I have a bowel movement every weekend. You know, oh, and, and it's like, whoa, you, yeah. what you, you go to the bathroom once a week, you know, I mean, that is not good. What do you think is healthy? I know what I tell people. 12 to 24 hours is a healthy transit time. And a, a way to kind of track your transit time is if you want to eat some sesame seeds. Um, I don't recommend corn, but again, that's another way you can see how long. And then also a person should be going to the bathroom at least one to three times a day. Yeah. One thing that I've told people is you can actually use beets too. Have you ever have you ever done that? Oh, I see it all the time. Okay. People kind of prep before their colonic and so they have beet juice. And, you know, when I was in training, I was like, oh, what's going on? And then now I'm like, you had beets, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I don't give colonics, so I don't, uh, I haven't had that experience. But um, I, uh, full disclosure here, um, too much information for some people, but I do look at my own poop. Uh, it's a, it's a good way to know what, uh, you know, it's a piece of good information about what's going on with your health. Right. So, um, so I tend to look at my poops and, um, (laughs) I've noticed that if the day after I eat beets, 
they'll be red. Yep. And so I've just, I've I've told that to patients too. It's like, if you are wondering what your transit time is, it's like, if you eat beets on Wednesday and your poop's not red till Saturday problem you know i mean so so um you know if it shows up 12 to 24 hours later good one yep agreed so anyways little tangent there um but you know if you're not if you're someone that is avoiding corn or something like that i mean beets are great they're great for a number of reasons for your health anyway so that's one little uh thing that you can use it for as well so anyway so you were gonna talk about um what a good perf- poop looks like. Yeah, the perfect poop. So again, like I said, if you're not looking at your poop or you are and you're seeing like pebbly, um, harder fecal matter in the toilet, that is a surefire sign that you're constipated or dehydrated or so many things. Or, you know, if you have snake-like um, poop in the toilet, that means you're probably not digesting your proteins appropriately. Same with if you're leaving skid marks in the toilet. Um, but again, the perfect poop should be about eight inches long, about the size of a banana, the consistency of toothpaste. It should kind of slide out fairly easy into the water. And for the most part, we talked about this, it should be fairly odorless relatively. Again, it's still, it's still poop. Um, and it shouldn't take a long time to go to the bathroom. Like you shouldn't be sitting there for 30 minutes trying to get this, this stuff out of your body. So mm. yeah, that's the perfect poop. So if you're not doing that, that's when you should, you should definitely question what's going on. Yep. And of course, a couple of, you know, quick tips, uh, for me is, is that, and, and feel free Natalie to, uh, smack these ideas down if, if you don't agree, but, um, if you're, if, if you're constipated, I mean, some of the, like, the really easy things to do would be to just start drinking more water because you're probably not drinking enough and uh, try to move a little bit. Try a little bit of exercise because uh, if, if, you're, if you're sedentary, uh, that, that's going to lead to slower bowel movement transit times as well. So those are a couple of like really easy things that you can do. Just get around, go for a walk around the lake, you know, drink a lot more water that day. Those are things that you can do uh, to try to get, uh, get your bowels moving in a, in a healthier way. And then of course you can get into things that are a little bit more uh, complex and you can also get into individualized things. Like if you're eating foods, foods that you're sensitive to, um, then that's gonna that's gonna wreak havoc in your digestive system, including diarrhea and or constipation and gassiness, bloating, and you know the whole nine yards. Um, so everybody has different food sensitivities, but wheat and dairy, I'd say, would be some of like the probably two of the most common contributors. Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts on those? Um, the, I totally agree with you on that. Um, like I had said you know, the first, if I see kind of this yellowy, sticky stuff fly through the tube, the first thing I ask is how much dairy are you eating? Mm -hmm. Um, and again, to your point with wheat, um, it's so bloating. So a lot of people coming in with constipation and a lot of gas, they're generally, you know, have wheat in their diet. But the other thing I was going to say is, um, two of the main things I tell clients is chew your food, and mm. drink drink more water because mm. chew your food. Your, that is a really good one. Yeah, Natalie. it's so yeah. basic sounding, but that's a yeah. that's a really good tip too. Chewing your food. How long should they chew their food for? 
you sh- this is going to sound a little crazy, but they should at least be chewing 36 to 40 chews, which I mean, try that today when you're actually being mindful of how many chews you're probably only chewing something about six times. Um, But again, and the reason that's one of the main things that comes up is because I see whole food flying through the tube. Mm -hmm. And in this day and age, when we're constantly checking our email or running around trying to get a meal in, we're not rest. We're not putting ourselves in parasympathetic mode, which is rest and digest, which is another reason people are very constipated. Yep. Yep. And you know what? I'm going to just bring something up. I'm going to uh, be vulnerable here for, for a moment and, and admit, uh, because I just kind of caught myself yesterday. I highly recommend that you, that you at least once a day, I mean, every meal would be the ideal, but at least once a day, eat your meal at your table preferably with someone. I mean, if you, if you, you know, if you live with family, great or, or whatever. I'm a big fan of, of the convivium, meaning like just to, to get together and, and kind of socialize again, like with your family or with, or with friends or whatever, um, over food, I think is a great thing. But act, but even if you're by yourself, just sit at the table and eat your food and be present to eating your food. I was eating dinner with my with my three daughters last night and we were at the table and and I just realized it's like, geez, we do not do this enough. We don't regularly do this enough. Um mm-hmm. I uh I, I just I had I moved uh my my house about uh, getting close to a couple months ago and uh we still have like Everything we have a table, but it just not everything is like set up the exact way that that I would have that I'm used to having things set up exactly, and so we're kind of having these like haphazard meals, like you know, like maybe in front of Netflix or like just eating on the sofa or something like that, and or like I I'm guilty of eating like on the run a lot, like I I do that, and um, really taking the time you mentioned the parasympathetic, but just taking that time to sit down. I think, I mean, personally, I think preferably with family, I think is also another healing parasympathetic thing, but just sitting at the table and being present while you're eating and chewing your food, that is, I think, super valuable. I agree. Oh, I totally agree. Yep. And I think, yeah, that's another thing of just being mindful about everything you do and what you're putting in your body and having that that time to relax. I, I totally agree. Cause I also think I get a lot of people, you know, if I have people coming off of rush hour that they, you know, it's just nice to educate them on the sympathetic and parasympathetic mode. Um, which they're like, ah, yeah. So I give them 10 minutes <laughs> yeah. before their session just to kind of relax and, you know, get themselves in a calming state. Cause again, mm. Some of my clients, they have their best sessions when they're in that mode as well because their body's ready to release. Yeah. Well, I mean, I tell all my patients that the the autonomic nervous system has two sides, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. And the sympathetic side is nicknamed the the stress the like the stress side it's it's the um fight or flight side mm-hmm. and the the parasympathetic was nicknamed the rest and digest side so uh if if it's digest it makes perfect sense that if you're doing a colonic like you'd want to be in that parasympathetic mode 
Correct. Yep. So that's, that's another thing too. I've had really high strung clients that come in and they're not feeling well. And during the entire session, they don't end up releasing anything. So it kind of, it discourages them from the practice, but really I think they, it should be an eye opener that they are just so wound up and not in a place to release that we end up just hydrating their colon, which is also a good thing. But it's just trusting the journey and understanding what you need individually. Okay. When does someone need a colonic? Symptoms of bowels needing cleansing. Again, like some of my symptoms were like tension and irritability. Any mental, mental like depression, anxiety, things like that. They're doing a ton of studies now about the second brain, the second brain being your gut and how the vagus nerves runs right up to your main brain and how it's affecting us. And they're seeing a lot of it in children with autism, things like that. Um, if oh, you're man. over, this I is mean, that's a, a whole, <laughs> this is, this is a tangent here, but this is so crazy. I've just been getting these bizarre. I, I, I have a lot of friends that are medical doctors. I, I love medical doctors. So this is not a bash, but I, this is just the bizarrest thing here. Um, I have, I've had a, a few patients lately just with these bizarre stories from, uh, like what their medical doctor told them. And, um, I have a client who was having a consultation with an orthopedic surgeon and she told me that the orthopedic surgeon said that there's no way that gluten sensitivity can be, um, can have anything to do with Hashimoto's disease. Um, and, and really quick, Hashimoto's disease is an autoimmune disease of the thyroid. We had done some work together. Her, this patient of mine and I had done some work together and, and we linked the fact that, that she does have a, a non-celiac gluten sensitivity and, um, she does have some, she has Hashimoto's, uh, you know, mild and it's, it's not like super flared up, but she, she has, she does have some Hashimoto's that she needs to, you know, kind of look out for. And, um, she was talking to her orthopedic surgeon about this and her surgeon said, no, no, they found that there's a second brain in the gut. And so, uh, the gut actually has nothing to do with the rest of the body is essentially what she told, <gasps> like, the gut doesn't the the gut doesn't even need to communicate with the rest of the body because it has its own brain, um, and I'm thinking, holy smokes, you really went the wrong way with that. That is not what the second brain means. So uh, maybe you could tell us, um, Natalie, from your perspective, what does that mean? Because a lot of people have heard that. I think actually. So what does that mean that the gut is the second brain? So again. Um the vagus nerve runs straight up to our main brain and there's all these nerve endings running throughout our colon and digestive tract. So that's why they're linking all these kind of mental opportunities with the gut because the way we eat and if our beneficial flora, which is, I think a lot of people are taking probiotics without really understanding why they're taking probiotics. But the reason for that is to get that healthy balance of good and bad bacteria to a healthy state so we can operate um, effectively. So I think in just the in most simplest terms, everything's connected. So again, when I talk about the nerves running throughout the colon, like that will definitely make an impact on your brain. Um, so again, in talking with that, that's why the colon is so important to balance out that bacteria. Um, 
And I go into that because again, that's when there's that imbalance, that's what's affecting us throughout our body. So a healthy person person should have 80 to 85% combined good and neutral bacteria to 15 to 20% bad. Um, and um, most of the time, be- because of the way we're eating and the way we're taking care of ourselves, you know, with the standard American diet and the acronym for a reason is SAD, um, that causes those imbalances, which causes the unhealthiness, which causes the anxieties and, you know, us to not feel as great as we can. Okay. So if, if someone's depressed, I mean, I've, I've treated people, uh, chiropractically with functional neurology, with functional medicine. I've used diet. I've used, uh, brain therapies, uh, Mm -hmm. people, people, um, you know, I mean, you can just like one of the best ways to treat depression is if you can get yourself to exercise. I mean, that's that's one of like the most effective and cheapest ways to treat depression. Um, but so uh, colon hydrotherapy is another uh, another potential angle that you can take. So and then also a, a clean diet. And I think, you know, we do live in a day and age where we want a quick fix or we want um, proof yeah. And I think the best way to do it is if people would take, you know, 10 to 21 days and eat a clean diet and then see, see how good they feel. Um, so, oh, sorry. So going back to like other, you know, people who need um, cleansing. So it could be any, I mean, you just, you need to read your body. And um, one really good place to look is your skin. So Oh yeah, good one. It's one of the largest organs. So if you're, you know, having a lot of acne or your skin's pushing out all these different odd oddities, instead of doing a topical treatment, that's where you should, again, when you're looking at your- Or if you just have really bad BO, that's another one. Yeah, exactly. Bad breath, you know, that is huge. Look at your tongue, things like that. Um, that's when you should start to question what's going on with your body. And again, one of the doctors that I like to follow, Dr. Bernard Jensen, I don't know if you're familiar, he wrote Tissue Cleansing Through Bowel Management. He has this great quote that he said, if we lived correctly, there would be no need to concern ourselves with the bowel. However, most of us are not living right. So that brings me back to, you know, with the way we're eating and the way, you know, if we're not exercising, if we're not, you know, taking time to kind of, relax and meditate. And then we definitely like, there's an imbalance that we need to correct. Mm -hmm. So most of us, to to your point, most of us do have certain habits that are not uh, optimal, right? So a lot of us uh, have digestive issues and we could, uh, colon hydrotherapy is one potential way that, that, uh, you know, we could kind of start to aid that. And, um, and as you said, it can stem past what we think of traditionally as directly digestive, like, you know, gas, bloating, constipation, it can go to to all kinds of things like certainly fatigue or depression or some, you know, even memory things like any brain based thing, like can have stuff to do with digestion for sure. Um, I have a functional neurology practice and, and, it's, I have a very hard time seeing someone and not talking about like food sensitivities and diet and detox mm-hmm. and stuff because it all plays such a, an interconnected role. Hit just one more time so that we make sure it's really clear. 
what are the benefits of colon hydrotherapy? Yeah. Um, so again, first and foremost, to cleanse the colon. So toxic material is broken down so it can no longer harm the body. And we kind of touched on this in the beginning. It could be environmental toxins. It could be the way we're eating. It could be toxic stress um, because then you're releasing cortisol throughout the body. There's so ma- There's so many ways we can collect toxins in the body. So that's a way to cleanse the colon through colonics. Two, again, to exercise the colon muscles. Um, Three, to reshape the colon. I've had clients come in after not going to the bathroom after three weeks. Like that will reshape the colon in a negative way because your body's trying to store this fecal matter somewhere. So again, as you start to clean out the colon, it reshapes it to a healthy state. And then four, um, stimulates reflex points. So every system and organ of the body is connected to the colon by reflex points. Um, The colonics stimulate these points. That's why a lot of people will, like the most feedback I get or the best feedback is they leave feeling so clear mentally because we've stimulated all these reflex points. Um, So yeah, those are kind of the top, top great things about colonics. Uh, And another way to think about it, which... I always joke with my clients is it's like going to the gym for your colon. Like, Mm. you know, you kind of, you drag yourself to your appointment, but after you're like, I'm so glad I did that. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I think colonics are a great tool uh, that we can use therapeutically in the right situations. It's never really harmful as long as it's someone that is a professional, they know what they're doing. To have a consultation with a colon hydrotherapist is is always a great idea uh, because you know you can kind of like start taking a history and, and get into the idea and just kind of find out is this going to be a good thing to do? Because there, there are a couple contraindications to colon hydrotherapy. They're not very common, but why don't we go ahead and, and uh, list a couple of those? If someone comes in with any extreme medical, um, but colonics could possibly help, I do recommend a doctor's note. But again, some of the contraindications are abdominal hernia, um, any advanced pregnancy, second and third trimester, um, recent abdominal surgery, any bleeding hemorrhoids. Like I can work on people with hemorrhoids, um, but if if they've gotten to a state where it's it's going to be too painful, definitely not. Aneurysms, cancer of the GI tract, um, things like that. Any severe case of colitis or or severe severe cases of diverticulitis. This is an obvious practice that will help that. I, I work with people that have this, but again, you know, consult with your doctor if, if you're nervous about any of these. Yep, absolutely. All of this information is should be used, you know, for your information. And of course, you always would want to have your individual doctor or healthcare practitioner talk to you about what you would want to do individually. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome, Natalie. Thank you so much for all the information about colonics. As my good friend, Dr. Bob Rakowski said, we used to say, you are what you eat. But he said, uh, not only you, you are not only what you eat, but you, you are what you absorb and you are what you don't poop. <laughs> right. So <laughs> if you're, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I mean, it's like if, if you're not absorbing it and, but you're not pooping it out. It's just sitting there in that colon, like you said, reshaping the colon, 
kind of gross and yeah. not really something that is helping your health. So uh, a colonic is something that, uh, that could be beneficial. So check that out. Uh, what is your number one health tip for people? Know thyself. And that's in all aspects of life, your health, your mind, like what's driving you. And I think you'll figure it out from there. And that, does that include looking at your poop and knowing your poop? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Really good. Thank you so much for your time, Natalie. I you appreciate bet. everything. Thank you. Okay. Have a good one. You too. Goodbye. Visit drchrisfrickman.com for more cutting-edge content, including nutrition and detoxification advice, unique fitness videos, and more.